podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. We put this festival on you bastards with a lot of love. We work for one year for you pigs. And you want to break our walls down? And you want to destroy it? Well, you go to hell. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Fatback Four, um, episode twenty-five. Fucking call it twenty-five. Um, I'm Gav, your host as usual. Uh, Ian is with us. Grizz is with us. Matt has um, told us he's a he's a rough week ahead, so we can only presume his boss is on his way to Dubai to go drinking with him for six to seven days straight. So our main man Keith has decided to join us for this evening. How are you, Keith? I'm wicked. I'm wicked. Thanks for having me. Good off stuff. the bench. Good stuff. Um, yeah, off the bench. You're looking great. Your hair's massive. Um, <laughs> right, straight into it. Um, everyone's had their say about us on the game during the week. Porto nil, Liverpool five. Um, so we're gonna have we're gonna have our say on it now when Grizz lowers down his phone. Well, I don't. Um, I don't. Now, um, Ian, I come to you. Um, I always do first because you know why, Ian, don't you? We always start with the lineup. Um, we won't go through the whole thing. You know, uh, Lovren, Lovren plays with Van Dijk at the back. That was one that people spoke about. Then you had um, the midfield three was probably the, the, the one that really caught people's attention. You're always happy with the lineup. Um, but when you see them come out, were you, were you confident, confident going into the game overall? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm usually confident, mate. You know that, but I, I, I still fancy to get a result. I put, I put money on it. I score. I think I done three two and four two. I thought, I, so I still thought we'd score. I think, I think Lovren starts over Matty in his strongest eleven. I think if it was a cup final, I think he'd start Lovren over Matty. Just the way I feel at the minute. I thought he, thought he was outstanding. To be fair, I think. Trent and Gomez, they alternate really, don't you? But Gomez has made a few mistakes, positional mistakes, and I think he's starting to trust Trent a bit more away from home as well, and Trent was outstanding again. So the midfield, I kind of expected it because he'd, he'd rested certain players, hadn't he? So I, I said, I called the team, but I just got Gomez wrong with Trent because I thought he might have started Gomez. Front three picked themselves. 
Milner, Henderson and Genie, I expected to start. I wouldn't have started it. I'd have started Ox over Milner. But Milner was outstanding, so what the fuck do I know? So, all good. Yeah, um, I was pretty similar. Um, I'll have Lovren, provide, Van Dijk providing Lovren players on the right-hand side of a, of a back two or a centre-half centre partnership, you know. Um, the midfield surprised me a little bit. Um, but we're all made the awards a little bit. I thought Milner was fantastic. Um, sorry, just before I go on, people know we're on Periscope. People downloading later, you know, if we make any references to visual stuff around, just ignore it. We're only being dickheads and we're not considering you. Um, but if you're on Periscope, you know, share the broadcast. Get your comments in. Um, we'll try to get through them as much as we can. We have a couple of people watching this Periscope for us to give us questions and, and feed them to us. And, and we get to as many as we can because with no game this week, although we're talking about Porto, we'll be able to get the questions a little bit more. Um, Keith, I always leave Grizz to last because he robs people's opinions, so I'm going to let you go first. Um, <laughs> Milner, you know, was probably the, the, the big shout in midfield which, with, with Emery Jan being injured, or not injured, suspended. Um, but I think you were confident enough. Were you going in? You were, you were happy enough with the lineup? Yeah, I mean... I called a whitewash at work and people thought I was crazy and I, and I said we'd w- absolutely walk this game. And um, yeah, they proved me right. I saw the lineup and I'm I, I'm starting to just accept the lineup for what it is because I'm not very impressed with the midfield. Um, I think the midfield lacks in a lot of departments to try and actually control a game. But who needs a midfield at the moment when we got a defender like Virgil van Dijk and a front three like we had? We, just, All they need to do is just run around and make sure that they're blocking as many passing lines as possible because creatively, they're not even really needed because Firmino's come dropping in and doing their job of creating anyway. So so that was probably the only part I'm a bit, you know, I'm not, cut, you know, I, I, it could improve. But aside from that, I thought we had enough to do the job. Yeah, absolutely. Grace, you put the... I thought you were putting the kiss of death on it because you always say that we'll win 2-2 before every game, but um, you decided that we are smashing these. Um, I can confidently tell you that you did say that. Um, I've looked back on the matches. Um, if you think we're going to smash them, you're not thinking five, are you? Nah, no, one, I don't think no one in there, even the likes of the deluded, like Matt Roberts wouldn't have predicted a 5-0. In fact, saying that... the he, he said four, six. Did he say six or four? No, he said four uh, and six. He Matt, Matt said, said four five. and six. Yeah. yeah, he never six to one thing. But he, I think, yeah, he's the one who's, who's predicted it. But we don't really consider what he says. But no, no one in the wildest teams could predict that. Team-wise, as Ian says, I've, I've come, I've become kind of just let him deal with it. I mean, again, like Keith, there's always uh, there's always this concern with our midfield in the back of my head, like Milner, Henderson, Gini, much of a muchness. Uh, did really expect them to be really high energetic pressing against us. We just blew them away. The back four, apparently Gomez was supposed to start, but you know the late fitness test failed. The late fitness test. So Trent Alexander I thought it'd be a, a very good test of Trent's ability in this game. Not only the pressure, but playing against, in my opinion, one of the most handiest left wingers out there, that like Yassin Brahimi, who I really like a lot. But I thought he was absolutely outstanding. We know Robbo's like on the verge of sort of overtaking Robert's. Uh, what's his name? Robertson, Robertson Carlos as the most. You know, he's going to go down as the most most famed left back in history. So forget yeah. Robertson. He's, he's normal. But TAA was special. The rest of the team picks itself. Front okay. three keeper keeper keeper. We know's um, Carius from now on, and uh, that's about it. But yeah, amazing. 
I'm just I'm just upset you haven't called him Ta this week because you've sorted everything. No, I've got a lot of abuse for that as well. We talk about visit. Yeah, like, a lot of people, lot of um, people questioning me about that, so I've changed my mind. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King's shit out. The second leg is four days before Old Trafford, so we can rest people like Firmino, etc. We will get to that, Stephen. I promise. Um, when we get have a look at the fixtures later on, um, Ian, I'll come back to you. Uh, the first. 10-15 minutes it's an even enough game Porto have one or two not decent chances there's a couple of good blocks going there uh, Lovren in particular um, they do try to target Trent um, in the first 5-10 minutes and he deals really really well with it but from trying, let's try to have a look at the Porto outlook do you think they, they wanted the goalers from the beginning or do you, do you think they were trying to be a little bit they were probably terrified of what we can do to them and then it looked to me like their only idea was to get at Trent and when it didn't work after 10, 15 minutes, they looked all out of ideas then. Yeah, mate, I, I think they screwed the pooch, to be honest. I think as soon as that Abubakar wasn't, wasn't named in the starting eleven, I think they lost, because he's a tank him, isn't he? And they do play the ball up to him uh, from, from deep quite a bit. But they, they carry on doing that in this game and who was up front was it at Suarez? Soares, yeah, whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not he's not he's not the same player, he's not the same build, but he didn't change the tactics. I think they were caught between two. I think it, it's all right them being unbeaten at home for twenty nine games, whatever. Klopp said it in the pre match uh interview, he said they don't play us twenty times, do you know what I mean? Or twenty five times. So I just think they targeted Trent. That Brahimi was really disappointing, I thought. He he is a much better player than that. Tagged the centre, didn't work. Uh, I think Lovren does, does amazing at one block because that's a certain goal from that Octavio, certain goal. I think if they get the lead, you know, goal change games, it could be a completely different game. But we just had the beating at them every time we crossed the halfway. They, they weren't good. They missed. The, they were missing their, their defensive mid, one of their best centre-halves. They were just, they weren't at the races. They were missing pretty much a spine right down the middle and they didn't play Casillas and played that, Sa was his name, and he was dog shit as well. So they just so, so is Casillas though. Um, yeah, Casillas is finished, but that finished. that keeper was was terrible. But listen, they were missing an entire spine. But part part that's half the problem. Dude, half was the mentality. I think they were beat before they even kicked the ball. I'm going to get on to the the goals as they started. Um, Mane will start the scoring. I am about twenty odd minutes in. Um, it's hard to remember, it's it's nearly a week ago now. But Keith, I just want to touch on last the last kind of touch on this on, on Trent and Kevin Sullivan on, on, on Periscope says that the way he dealt with Ribery in pre season was a sign for Kev here that he was going to be really, really good and I think Kev uses the words world class. Um how impressed were you with Trent? Uh, especially especially <coughs> just in that first fifteen minutes to know you're being targeted. Um, you have Salah on that side who, who is clearly being told listen you don't need to come back very mm. all the time you, he comes back and helps there's no doubt about that but to be targeted like that and to deal with the chop I think he gets a corner off in the second or third minute and from then on in trenches decides that he's going to be aggressive front foot as we like to say and he, he then starts to dominate this guy and this guy ends up nearly disappearing into the middle of the pitch because he, he's not up for it but how impressed were you with him I think that's what Trent needs to do, like, moving forward. I think Trent needs to start to become a bit more aggressive early on because I, I have made a point about it that Salah, he does the pressing at front really well, but maybe that's his weakest 
point in his game is he's not very good at you know pressing as well as for example Firmino or even Mane is and protecting their wing backs and Trent has got to deal with uh, a lot more than what Robertson has to deal with I believe so for him to stand up and and put play on the front foot and say do you know what I'm taking this game by the scruff of the neck you know it was it was another um, string to his bow do you know what I mean it's really something that we haven't seen before from Trent and he seems to be thriving in the Champions League which was what is so impressive he seems to have really taken the ball by the horns in this competition and and it really is an indication that I believe he should be taken to the World Cup I think if anything we wouldn't even need to take him for his defensive abilities his ability on the cross is is in line with the only other person who I think can whip in the ball as good as him probably better in dead ball situations is James Ward-Prowse they are the only two English players we have that can show what's going on. <laughs> I thought, I thought Matt was tonight. He was just hovering so forth to put him on rather than walking around on the floor like he's got high heels. Like. He'll, talk, he'll talk more sense than the fucking most of us anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but your, your show key to study goes to the World Cup. I think that's a big show. One, as in, the thing is, I don't believe England have a lot of players that can whip the ball in as well as Trent Alexander-Arnold. And when we get into situations in games where we're going to have to get that ball into the box, when we've got the likes of Harry Kane that can be at the end of these crosses, you know, Kane will finish them. But Raheem Sterling loves to make late runs into the box, as we've seen with City. Trent Alexander-Arnold as a differential, as someone to come and change things up in the 70th minute with his quality... Um, in his delivery, absolutely would put him on. And he's proving it. This, he's proving it in the Champions League. Do you understand what I mean? He's not just proving it in a couple good Premier League games or in a nice little League Cup run. Trent Alexander-Arnold is growing as a player in the Champions League and he's bossing seasoned uh, Champions League teams. And I think that alone deserves a, a, a shot at offering something different. And it's not just, it's not defensively that I think he'll be brought in to, to uh, make the difference. It's actually moving forward. His quality is unbelievable on the ball. Um, unbelievable. I I'm love go, it. I'm going to be um, selfish from a Liverpool point of view, and I wouldn't send him to the World Cup. Uh, um, am I allowed to say, fuck England? Am I allowed to say that? Do whatever you fucking like. We've Always. Got you know, <laughs> okay. um, we'll be doing the same once we're out. I was listening to stuff the other day, and Matt was taking shits and golf courses and stuff. So, like, <laughs> same fucking thing. Uh, you can definitely get away with a bit, of, a bit of credit because they did target him. I think a lot of the work that Genie when album goes in covering his fullbacks goes unnoticed for Liverpool. He's very smart in getting into the right back position, and he done that a couple of times after the first corner. I noticed that for the next ten minutes, when Alden almost attached himself to Trent when they had the ball. He's a very smart player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I still, I st- I'd still be a little bit selfish, and I'd still say, "Don't Fuck send him to the World Cup." No, no, <laughs> don't send him to the World Cup. Um, give him, give him that t- time off after a busy enough season for a nineteen-year-old coming into the team. He gets the summer, um, and I think he'll end up as his understudy decline for next season. And as when I say understudy, I think you could probably see him playing probably half the games. I think next season because. Klein for me is an upgrade on Gomez or right back, but for me Trent is a better man going forward. And the and the the, the trajectory that this team are on, we're only going to come across teams more and more and more, even more so than now, that are going to sit back and decide, no, we just don't want to attack you. We don't want to come over on half because of what you can do to us. But look, let's see. If he goes if he goes to the World Cup, you never know, he might he might have a star on But being selfish, I, I wouldn't let him go. Uh Grace, let's get no, on. Just to- 
Yeah, come on, come on. No, I just wanted to add something about the Trent the scenario. I mean, yeah, I'm with Ian. Fucking England. We, we, he needs to. He needs to. He needs his. He's at that age where we don't want to burn him out. As you said, he's played enough. We want him to have a whole summer uh, of recuperation, and it done him, and it and it will do him good. As an as 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 talking from an England point of view, in terms of who's he behind currently, you'd have to say, you know, Trippier and Carl Walker have had amazing seasons as well. Right, speaking from a neutral point of view, Keith. So you'd say, go on, go on. Do you think he has? Do you think though, Carl Walker and Trippier have better delivery than Trent Alexander? No, oh no, I was coming to that. I was coming to that. Oh no, 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 I was going to come to that. Absolutely. Technically, he's on a different level to them guys, even at this tender age. But I, I don't want to risk him going to a World Cup with the pressure as a 19-year-old. It can make him break youngsters. I mean, in my opinion, he'll thrive in it. But you know. I think he. I think he, um, he's played. Um, he, I think he plays at right back even for the under under twenty ones as well or something. He's playing his position, and you're right because Southgate does like to play this three at the back as well. So he'd be ideal for that yeah, wing back that, type scenario. That's being mentioned here on Periscope as well. They may go back three, but then again, the, the wing back team might suit Trent even more than the full back team. Absolutely, um, exactly. Chris, more. I want to move on. I want to get to um because as I said, this game is being covered by. Everyone. Um, so I want to get to this, let's get to these goals. Um, Manny opens the scoring. Um, he's been in the spotlight a little bit with regards to his form. I think it's been overblown. But um, he passes up an opportunity to square to an album very shortly before he scores. And people are thinking, oh, he's made the wrong decision again. I don't, you know, going back to the Everton thing because I think that's the thing that's lingered over him the most. But um, he, he makes amends not long after. When Aldam again wins it, he, he shoots, nearly takes a guy's head off, it falls to Mane, he gets that bit of luck, but in hindsight, it's that bit of luck that he needs, because you see how he kicks on throughout the game. Well, shout out to Mr. Red Mysterio, who did say last week, he just needs a bit of luck, or something to go his way, for his, him to go his on dog, a, you know. His dog typed that tweet. <laughs> now we know, innit? But yeah, hey, uh, I said it live. You know, my dog didn't say it. I said it live. So, uh, so, you know, it's called as that. It's just what money needed. <laughs> I mean, credit to listen. I think we've mentioned Ginny in terms of um, his covering, where he actually covers a lot. But in this game, he was actually the old Ginny, what we saw at Newcastle in terms of mm. making powerful surging runs into the box. And we know he can do it, but he makes you pull whoever's got hair, makes you pull your hair out because Ginny is capable of doing that. So he makes a powerful surging run into the box, um, lays it off. I mean, it, it just kind of, I think it kind of, uh, it's not planned sort of initially no, to go to Mane. It's a, it's a ricochet in it, yeah. Yeah, and then he just lays it into his path perfectly and you think the way Mane's been shooting recently, you think, because he's, look, I don't care what the stats say, my eyes tell me he's been playing crap. Right himself on the you know statistically statistically his assists and goals have been sort of on a par apparently or, or, or better but he's actually not playing with confidence the same confidence as he was last season but saying that he's been striking the ball you know really well the goals we've seen you know these left foot strikes into the top corner against um, was it Burnley Burnley and then uh, and then City as well or something you know so I was expecting to leather this I thought right this is full on his right foot leather this the guy probably uh, you know indicative of his current form in my opinion scuffs it kind of thing and then 
it's just what you needed, isn't it? We finally wanted a keeper to make an error like our keepers do, and it always ends up in a goal. Yeah. It's true. We 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 always get we always up come up against um, buddy budding Gigi Buffons everywhere you go. We thought, okay, nine. How old is he? And you said he's a not a young lad, the keeper. I, I don't know. You know, don't know. Yeah, yeah. You apparently know. he's a young. I, he's only, he's only young played nineteen first team games. That one, all that. And that's recipe for what happens, and that's recipe for mm. having a, a stormer against Liverpool. But <laughs> thankfully, he, he let one under his uh, uh, um, arms, and uh, off we went. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's not much more to say about that. Um, Ian, let's get on to the second one. And I'll let you go on about Salah now in a second. Keith fucked off. Keith? Yeah, you'll have to remind me. What, what was the second goal? The second goal is... A long time ago. Um, the second goal is Milner winning is the tackle the, in midfield. Is it the chip where he chips the keeper and fucks about for a bit? Yeah, he That's says, the Salah one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, the, you know, Salah gets all the credit because it's ridiculous what he's doing in the six-yard line. Absolutely outrageous. Oh, Keith's back. Keith's back. Um, I thought yes, he was gone. I thought Keith had had enough. Um, <laughs> but, um... Keith just oh, yeah, wanted to yeah. show us he's a full kit wanker today. He's wearing the shorts and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah shin bad. Got the leg. <laughs> but, um... Leg no, in the footsteps of Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's no jersey hanging behind him. You need to fucking up your game, Keith. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Salah gets all this credit, in, and I'll let you get on to that um, because it's ridiculous what he's at. But give it to Milner. He wins the ball in midfield. And to be fair, most games in Europe, it's a free kick because it's it's a full-blooded kind of tackle. Uh, I don't think studs are up, but, you know, it's up at that kind of level. Waist, not even waist weight, but it's, it's high, as European referees would say. But he gets in the box... He starts slaloming around players as if he's in another dimension. It was mad. He hits a gr- it's a brilliant call and effort, um, and then Salah takes over, and it's it, it was comical. It was absolutely comical what he what he was what he was up to on the on the six yard line, wasn't it? I mean, firstly, about Milner, uh, I reckon the referee must have must Milner must have naked pictures of the referee because how he didn't get the rest in that game. He went round kicking fucking everyone, but I love all that. We need a bit of steel. I just didn't think he had it in him. But yeah, he does well. Bends it into the, towards the top bag. He's unlucky. And then, if, <laughs> I mean, how confident have you got to be to start playing fucking hacky sack on a on a three yard line when there's a keeper jumper in a bit in a big fixture? Do you know what I mean? He's not playing against Plymouth in a fucking FA Cup. He's playing in like a really difficult stadium in a huge tie. Just start playing fucking futsal. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't asked. Just made them all look shit and then just barely even celebrated, as it to say. Yeah, I'm going to do this every week. Yeah, it was... Uh, do you know what the thing about it was? Do you know unreal. The, do you know what the thing about it was? Do you ever see those videos where a fella runs through the whole defence, goes past the keeper, gets to the line, gets down and nods it into the net to completely take the piss? It was yeah. like that. But at the same time, as someone said here, it was like he slowed down time. It, it was literally... Everyone was scrambling around him and he's like, no, I just... A volley it, I'll head it. And, yeah. and then as the defender runs across the line, I'll, I'll just tap it back to the way. Completely taking the piss. Keith, um, it's been a while since you've been on. Um, we've we've gone on about Salah every week, but we're running out of things to say, but <laughs> he's absolutely ridiculous, isn't he? Mate, I, I want to get a bit, little bit deep on Salah. I think Salah, at the moment... He's got to break your heart, isn't he? He's, he's, he's transcending football at the moment. Like, I was having a word with my missus. My missus is um, from uh, Palestine. She grew up in Jordan. 
and she loves him absolutely loves him she came to stadium to um, watch when i went up to watch the west brom game and she absolutely loves him now she talks mo salah mo salah like oh he's my favorite player he's my favorite player and she said it herself it's so nice to see an arab man um who uh islam a muslim arab man be the poster boy of football in 2018 and actually seeing our fans go up and say oh you know we'd be muslim too um <laughs> chant you know and all that type of stuff and and just having a, a positive influence from the arab you know in in terms of a positive face from the arab world in 2018 and, and it's really nice to see like and most salas you know humble genuine guy doing incredible things at the moment and i just wanted to touch on that point i think that is a is a, is a big point at the moment what, what what he's doing outside of football as well as inside of football and you know, long may it continue. He really looks like he 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 loves the fact that he's doing it in a Liverpool shirt, and that's what's beautiful to see. You know, the way he talks about the club, the way he talks, you know, in his interviews, he already seems like a bit of a leader, and and he seems much more intertwined into the group than Coutinho ever was. Sorry, can I just, just, can I just can I, instead of cutting the crotch, it's now putting his hand up and saying, "I want to speak." This will happen. <laughs> this will happen all part. No, it's a good habit, right? We're putting our hands up like... You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. School. Uh, well done. Hey, Keith, they grilled me afterwards about me buying in. So now from now on, it's like I put my fi- uh-huh. hand on it. Like, finger, yeah, exactly. Finger in the rear. <laughs> but I just wanted to add on to the... Uh, about the Salah, Salah business. We're so- Shut up, Ian. Uh, so we're, uh, our front three, right? Uh, people compare their footballing ability to sort of your, your Messi, Suarez and whoever the third striker is at Barca was Phil now, but whoever was before, or Mbappe and the, the crew at PSG. But what puts our ones um, above or at least level with all of them is the, the chemistry between them. Mm. And not only that, they play for themselves. Sorry, we know they play for, so as a team and Klopp's really, really drew that into them. But they're lovable, humble guys, and that appeals mm. to millions across the world. Everyone's favourite, in my opinion, I'm sure of it, at the moment, everyone in the sort of world's favourite second player, apart from their club's favourite player over there, is, is Salah. It's the name mm. on everyone's lips. Why? Not only because of his footballing ability, but the, the way he comes across the man's an absolute... He's an absolute king, and he behaves like a king. He's not arrogant. He's very mm. humble, down to earth. That video, guys, I'm sure you guys have all seen it. That's going around social media about the Egypt, where they've got a clip, where they've got a, like a, a player cam just on him throughout yeah. the incident of the. Oh Egypt. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, is there anything more sort of symbolic than that? That is an amazing video, and that just epitomizes what Mohamed Salah is at the moment. And you're right, Gav. He's gonna break our hearts. I don't. I, I do. I don't want. I don't want to say it, but he's gonna break our hearts because we, we. We promised. Me and you promised that we're not gonna attach. We're not gonna get attached to players. But I'm getting attached to this geezer, and he's gonna break our heart, man. Um, he, won't, he, won't, he won't break your heart. Um, I love he, him, man. Peter Phillips on Periscope asked there, should we offer him a new deal? I've read today that the three of them are going to be offered new deals. Um, yeah, they need to be, yeah. I don't, I don't know how true that is, Peter. That's just what I was... I came across up today. Saying it's to normal business. Peter, I think, if I it's think your businessman, they're going to... Yeah, I think Manny's fourth one. Yeah. I think Firmino and, and Salah as well. Yeah, I'm all up for it. Pay them whatever you need to pay them. Um, money is irrelevant, I keep saying it. Um, quick question, lads. Just yes or no answer. Um do you, does Salah stay in the summer? I'm gonna. I, I have my own opinion, but I'm gonna give it to you. Yes or no, Keith? Oh, is he gonna stay in the summer? Yeah. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Right, Riz. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, Ian. All day longer. Yeah, it's the same. Um, I think we're overblown that. Well. Mm. Um, Can I say yeah. what he wouldn't do? He wouldn't do what Suarez did, for example, try force a move by going out to the World Cup and disgracing himself. Do you understand? I mean, the man's got too much class for stuff like that. I think he'll go out with Egypt and he'll probably end up putting another hundred million pound on him when he takes Egypt to the quarterfinals or semifinals. And it'll come straight back to Liverpool, and and that's the difference in in in, in the in the character of Mo Salah. Yeah, a couple of people on here are saying that they love him, but um, you know Madrid will come in big if if we get a two hundred million pound bid from Madrid, the club will accept. I don't I don't know, but to me, uh, you know what, I think they would do any other summer, but the summer coming, they can't sell Coutinho in one window and the very next window sell Salah. It, yeah, it's, a, it's the worst. The, the worst thing they could do. So oh, I don't think they'll do it this summer. But but it all comes back to if Salah finishes his fourth season with forty odd goals, they qualify for the Champions League. They probably they go close in the Champions League. They could do that. Um, and we bring in X, Y, or Z. You know, Salah could turn around and say, "No, I'm really enjoying it here. I don't want to fucking play for Madrid." You see, this thing is all, all you know South Americans. You don't know. Salah might say, "No, I love it here." I absolutely love it here. You hey, know, the, the only fella talking about him and Madrid is that fucking re- idiot Mido, Mido, Modo, whatever the fuck his name is. He's played for Ajax. He's, he's the only one. You know what I mean? He's going, oh, uh, no one talks to him. He's just a big fucking fat nut. I can't, and he, he stop, lets... I can't stop thinking about Mikado biscuits now. Um, thanks for that, Ian. Um, but that, that just, he's the only one. Shut up. Well, look, we'll see. Um, but look, if I, you know, let's deal with it in the summer. I, I don't think we'd be dealing with that, but let's deal with it. I think a couple of people have said there that Madrid are going to go big on the likes, maybe, maybe Courtois or De Gea, maybe Kane, maybe in the Hazard. The link with Hazard today, yeah. Big time Hazard, yeah. And um, But look, let's see. Let's see how it goes, right? Um, into the second half, I want to go really quickly through this. Um, Salah makes a three. Keith, I'll come back to you. Um, and... Oh, not Salah, Mane, sorry. Mane makes a three and, you know, he follows up, but the move is phenomenal. The flicks <coughs> from Firmino sets Salah away. The pass from Milner is brilliant. I am, um, sorry, the great through. You know, it's just, Mane follows up, but I just think it's a, I just think it's a cracking goal all around. It's just another goal where you go, oh yeah, you know what, that's brilliant. I think Jurgen Klopp has turned Liverpool into the best counter-attacking team in Europe. And that move symbolizes at the exact reason why that is. That that win, you know, win the corner, flip from Firmino over to Mane, and then gone. And then gone in 60 seconds. You don't see any other team in Europe doing what we're doing with such clinical edge at the moment. And, you know, it's it's why we can almost bypass the fact that we don't have a midfield that necessarily builds up plays in triangles and squares like Napoli do, for example, because at the end of the day, the way we get from one box to <laughs> up such quick speed and then finish it because all players are willing to get busted lung to get into the box makes us who we are as a team. And, you know, I'd argue that we're almost, <laughs> we're almost a champions league Leicester in a way. We're just so deadly at almost just, just breaking on teams and just, and just hitting them where it hurts the most more than we are about kind of dictating teams and breaking teams down. And that was just a great example of it. Absolutely. Um, I just think it's a great call. Um, Firmino's very unlucky. You can't you can't fault him. He, he hits it. He doesn't hit it quite as well, but it's it's, it's something that most strikers will hit. The, the keeper actually does quite well in the save, but 
pushes her out to an area, I suppose, where, where Manny can follow up. Um, I'm going to move well, on. It's not, Gav, yeah. just a quick one. It's not, it's not put, put to, see, again, just adding on to what Keith said, it's, the, it's that goal is not fluky. You know, some people say, oh, it fell mm. into his path. It didn't fall into his path. It's because we're programmed to attack in threes and fours that any ricochets that come into our path, how many goals have we scored like that with Salah on the end of it or Mane sort of just, you know, the, the, it's it's in a long time Liverpool have attacked in numbers. Do you remember we used to always complain about not enough Liverpool players in the box under the Rogers era or before that as well? It's totally different now. We attack at least three or four. So any ricochets, any keepers coming back off the uh, off their hands and knees, our strikers there. I think it's 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 brilliant to watch at the moment. The ricochet might be a, a top a high assist in its own right. Ricochet off the keeper. Because I've seen oh. a few times this season where it's bounced off keeper, boom, Salah's there. Bounced off keeper, boom, Mane's there. It's, you know, mm. it must be up there with uh, James Milner. The ones that bounce around where is the ones where Salah misses. He usually puts them, you know, easier chances and he kind of puts one over against Southampton. Um, he puts one in the side, netting against them. But um, look, moving on, Ian, um, Firmino makes a four. And again, I think it's a great finish. It's across his body this time with his right foot as opposed to the Southampton one, which is across his body with his left. And the 3 0 goal, I think, completely, completely puts Porto you know, on their knees. And then we decide to pick them off when we need to. And again, it's another great goal. It's all about James Milner. It's showing real experience. He gets into the, gets into the wide left position or inside left position. He's right footed, Milner. So he, he, like, you would expect him to turn, turn back onto his right. No, yeah. And then you could also imagine that he'd smash it across. You know, someone when someone's using the other foot, they try not to be so precise, don't they? And just get it in the box. Not him. He sees his man come and he pulls it back towards the penalty spot. Brilliant finish. But it's all about James Milner. It's an excellent goal. And you're right. At that point, Porto had gone. Like, yeah, they had. They completely gone. Um, the three nil knocks the stuff in out because at two nil, they're, they're probably thinking. You know, we get one back, you know, we can we can hold on and we can you know, maybe if the toy is still alive, we can do we can upset them at Anfield, but the trainer won't puts them to bed. Um lads you know, when that goes far nil and I think you're right, Milner is brilliant, you know, his cutback is great. Um it's a brilliant finish. Man of the match for me. Man of the match for me. Well we'll get to that. Um, you're gonna change your mind in five minutes anyway. I'm gonna change my mind now. Um <laughs> Keith, um we we make a couple of subs. Um, Ings gets a run. Um, I'm trying to think. Of where, oh, Matip comes on and we go back up to a kind of a back three. Ings comes on and gets a run. Um, and then Mane decides to make a five. And this is the goal that pleased me the most because for, when you see a guy coming back on form, you're happy. Um, when you see him following up for the second goal, great. He still has that instinct to get in there and he's confident enough to follow <coughs> in, um, which is, still means his, his brain is on the game. But the third one for me is all about pure confidence. It is pure confidence because he's a guy in Joe Gomez. That, and it doesn't matter if it's Joe Gomez or Salah coming on his right-hand side. There's a simple pass there to put someone in on goal. And he decides, no, he letters the fucking thing into the net for 5 nil hat-trick. And that's the one that pleases me most. I mean, with a player of his ability, the fact that Porto left him so open was a, more of a discredit to themselves as a defensive unit than Mane, because, you know, Mane's always going to do that in that type of situation when he's got the goal at his grasp, you know. That's what I think a lot of people who are fans of Mane, who have been backing him through his slump, have always been quick to make people realise the guy has qualities 
that, you know, allow him to make a difference, even if he's not necessarily in the game. He's that good. He's that good of a finisher. He's that good of a dribbler. He's that important in the system that we play. And, you know, it, it, we can we can almost sacrifice not having Mar- having him have a bit of off form and still be in the side for a moment such as the hat-trick that he got against Porto, because we know he has it in him. We just love to see it a little bit more. And him, you know, because... I would go as far as to say that I believe he could do Salah's numbers. I believe he's that good to be able to do it. He I just think that the season... He agree with you. Yeah, I just think that, you know, I think the six weeks out with the hamstring injury really knocked him middle of the season. And I think that's had a bit of an impact in getting some sort of form of running, whereas Salah has been largely injury-free and has been able to just run with it. I think what, he's missed about one one game, is it? Maybe I think Salah missed a game. He was probably, he was rested. Um, so that plays a mag- massive part in it, you know. Having that type of time off can, can, can derail you a little bit. So, yeah, very happy, very pleased. And I'm glad he's done a madness. Like I tweeted, I knew he'd do a madness. And... Um, well, it was my Valentine, mate, um, before the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at my way, sorry, at my way or there. Um, at my way or there. That's his username. I know, I know him really well. He says, if Mane starts hitting, hitting form, we're all on the cans for Kiev. I couldn't agree more. Um, absolutely couldn't agree more. And the whole cans <laughs> right. thing is what I agree with the most. Um, but... It, 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 it goes five nil. A couple of people are saying there that you know give Ings till the summer to, to prove himself, get getting game time. You know, surprisingly he goes in ahead of Solanke for this one, which is a bit of a surprise considering Solanke is being given these, you know, being on the bench for the majority of the season. For me, I don't think Ings gets near the fourth team if Coutinho's still in the squad. I think Ings is a is a pretend fourth teamer. That's my opinion. I think he's a fringe player that was with the twenty threes. I get it that he was coming back from injury, but I don't think he's in an ideal world. I don't think he's in that squad of seventeen. Um, but it's 5-0, lads. It's a brilliant performance. It's it's something that you can say, you know what, that's the second leg. Done and dusted. You know, we can go out and lose 2-0 in the second leg. Who cares? We've done our job. Um, and we'll get on to where that second leg sits um, in the fixtures in, in a couple of minutes. But uh, two things, two questions for you. I'll, I'll, I'll get you to answer them at the same time. One, man of the match. And two, um, who's your ideal quarterfinal opponent? Now, before you answer, I'm just going to let you know that it looks like City um, are true. Um, you have ourselves are true, obviously. Um, you have Real Madrid after doing um, PSG three one. You have um, Spurs and you, Spurs beat Juventus two two with the best away performance you've ever seen in Europe ever. Um, you have Besiktas and Roma. You have not Besiktas and Roma. You have Bayern Munich and Besiktas. You have Shakhtar Donetsk and Roma. And there's two other fucking toys there, Man United, Sevilla, and Chelsea, Chelsea Barcelona. So I'll come to you. I want the man of the match and your ideal qualifying opponent. Keith, I'll come to you first. Who are you going with? Uh, so my man of the match, we haven't spoken about him tonight, but it was Andrew Braveheart Robinson. What a performance at left back. What a debut from this flying Scotsman. That man is a pressing machine. Keith, Keith. Absolutely Keith, sensational. Keith. Go on. This is Robinson's. That's Robertson, <laughs> Andrew Robertson, not Andrew Robertson's. Yes. Andrew Robertson. Carry on. You know, you just get so excited that you just, you just <laughs> slip course. on the tongue and that. Yeah. The yeah, fucking Andrew, irony Andrew, of is correcting people. I'm is correcting yeah, no, yeah. and putting my finger up. <laughs> I'd say he was watching. I'd say he was watching. You know, like um, you know, Wimbledon gold. You know, all the best matches from Wimbledon from across the years. 
heat samples all these people and he's seen the Robinson's tells and the little fucking diluted orange on the back of the referee's chair and went out and bought himself a bottle that's what I'm going with Keith sorry for interrupting you and, I'm so, and I apologise for Grizz as well as Grizz quite correctly stated Andrew Robertson <laughs> <laughs> now nah, he was absolutely brilliant he was my man of the match um and as long as he continues with the delivery that Klopp said he um what did he say he made a comment that he thought he, he thought he left it in scotland yeah, yeah 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 he seems to have gone back up got, got his uh delivery with the kill and the face face mask and he's come down and he really put on quite a performance in terms of who i want in the in the next round quarterfinals i mean the the head says you says you want someone from maybe like roma Besiktas. I think, is it Roma versus Besiktas? No, it's Roma probably versus up. Shakhtar. Shakhtar, sorry. And Besiktas against Bayern, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I mean, you'd want someone from Shakhtar or Roma. Um, I just believe right now that aside from your dom- aside from Bayern Munich, um, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and, and, you know, maybe Juventus, I don't think there's a team in Europe that's stronger than the top six. And I feel like we face teams stronger in our own league than what's left in the Champions League. The the heart says to PSG, I reckon we would absolutely outscore and outplay PSG over two legs. And I think that could really, A, put the, put the confidence into our boys like never before and B, take Liverpool to that next level that I believe we are very, very close to achieving. We've replaced one, hey, we've replaced one super fan with another super fan. <laughs> I think he's out there. I sleep in this. I shower. Sli- Matt's giving him a pep talk before the game, before you. the show. I tell you, that's a fucking mask he has on. I think that's Matt's it. Grizz, man of the match and your ideal quarterfinal opponent. Man of the match, you can't look past uh, uh, James Milner for me. Robertson was amazing. We know that trend was amazing. Sutton Mane with a hat-trick. But I thought Milner, coming into a midfield, uh, showed all his experience, all his cleverness, everything. He, he, he For me, he controlled, not controlled the midfield, but sort of he was so, so crucial to the way we played. And a lot of the goals, near enough, he was involved in a lot of the goals, a lot of the play. Top, top, top performance from James Milner. Didn't expect that as well. Um, again, I agree with Keith. Uh, there's really no one I'd fear except, I'm going to come opposite of Keith, except PSG. I still think PSG, I know they're 3-1 three, three, down to Madrid. I, I still think they're going to go through. I think they're going to blitz Madrid in the second leg. Okay. Um, I think uh, anyone, I don't fear anyone apart from if PSG get through, I think PSG is one to avoid. I don't fear them. There's no fear factor with us. That's the beauty of us. Um, there's no fear factor. I tell you what, though, there's plenty of teams that fear us right now. I mean, if you if this if this was pod, if this was a Bayern Munich podcast or a Man City podcast or anyone, they would be saying the team we want to avoid is mm. Liverpool Football Club, mm. and that's where Klopp, and that's down to Klopp where he's got us again. Run, go on, bye. No, no, go on, finishing. No, no, I've nearly finished anyway. But what I'm saying is, yeah, oh, apart, from, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to, um, ideally, I'd like to get a Shakhtar Roma, as you said, or a Seville if they beat Man United or even Man United. But um, the only team I personally wouldn't want to face yet is PSG. Okay, so you tell me Literally, who you don't want to face, and you refuse to tell me who you do want to face. Fair play. Um, that's your standard shit, though. Um, Ian, your make last, of it what you will. Your last um, man of the match, Ian, and. Um, your ideal quarterfinal opponent. Uh, 
I'm close to saying Milner, but I'm going to have to give it to Mane. He's good at Atsuk away from home in Champions League. Do you know what I mean? Even though I don't actually think he played that well. But three goals, so I've got to give him a special shout-out to Virgil van Dijk, whose long passing is fucking sex on legs, honestly. He hit one pass in the first half. I think it was out to Trent. It was a 195-yard pass. It was unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. So shout out to that. 195 yards. 195 yards. <laughs> uh, Carrying on from one Twitter conversation you had, how do you know it was one, 195 yards? Yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Unreal. And who would I like? Uh, I would like Juve to overturn Spurs at Wembley. I'm not sure they will, but I'd like them to do it so we can get them. Just so... If Emre Chan is still on the fence and we put seven goals past that pile of shit, he goes, I'm staying here, you know, yeah. just for that reason. Just for that reason. He's not on the fence. I think. I, 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 no, he's, he's, unless he's signed, you know what I mean? But fuck them. And I, I don't think they're very good at all. I don't think the Italian league's very good at all. I was, well, just, just touching on you, Vigil, and I couldn't believe that after 10 minutes and 2-0 up, they literally retreated into their own box. And people went down about sports dominating the game. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but fucking... You know, Bristol City would have dominated that game if you if you put Juve into that back. Like their midfielders were clearing the ball into midfield. It was Mate, Juve the, the thing is, was beyond me. The thing is with Italian sides, or Napoli are a bit different. But they, Italian, believe, like, no, they believe in themselves that they can hold that two 0 for eighty. They're minutes. just they're just dead old. So they haven't got the high energy. You've got Juve's back four, like Chiellini, uh, who, who was just with the centre back alongside them. It's um, oh, Mussolini. I don't fucking know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they just, they just get. They've got. A, they've got a forty fucking. Benassia, Medi Benassia, the Moroccan. Yeah, Benassia. He, he's old and overrated. They're just an old side. And I back when I in the Champions League against Madrid. I back Madrid to win four one, and I got it up because I just think teams like Juve, they just get old or just one game, just old. And I think, I just think they're there for the taking if they get past Spurs, but. I, I, that's a big give. Yeah, I think um, man of the match for me, it was. I thought everyone played well. I really did. I'm going to give it to Trent because I think for, for someone to be targeted like that in the first five, ten minutes to come through it great and make this so-called highly rated winger disappear and literally go into the middle of midfield because he, he doesn't fancy it, um, I'm all for that. Um, so I'm going to give it to him. Um, great. All your shouts. Do you know, you know. Do you know what I can say, Dave? At how well we played is that all four of us picked a completely different player and yeah. none of us laughed at yeah. them. And yeah. I like, and, and I, I'd like to give it... Like well, it helps. Shout. Matt's not on. We would have laughed at him. Well, yeah. I, I, um, I'd like to give a shout... As Ian's giving a shout out to, to somebody there, I'd like to give one to Lovren because as good as Van Dijk was, I thought one or two times he he looked a little bit... a little bit casual, I think, in what he'd done. Now, don't get me wrong. I thought he was exceptional for most of the game. But in fairness... Lovren makes a great block early in the in the first half, and there's one where Van Dijk is quite timid in the tackle in the second, and Lovren is right there on it, clearing it for the corner, gets up no hassle. Um, I, I give Lovren a special shout on that. Um, perfect quarter final um, opponent. I don't want to get anyone from England because they all know what we're about. Now probably all of these in Europe know what we're about, but they don't experience it like the teams in England do. My shout be Bayern Munich. I think we rip Bayern Munich a new one. I genuinely do. I know people say, oh, pre-season we beat them. Pre-season we did beat them and they looked all over the shop. Ancelotti looked like he was out of a job and he was soon after. Um, but for me, Bayern Munich would be the team. 
I'd be looking to get. I think they'll be have enough for Besiktas. I think United will have enough for Sevilla. Shakhtar and Roma is a bit on the fence. I think Spurs will do Juve. Um, I think at Wembley they will do them. This air game and City is done, done and dusted. Who else is there? Real PSG is the really interesting one. Could there be a comeback? Chelsea and Barca. I don't think you can pick between them. Um, I, I think we beat, we can beat any side in that competition over one game any side it's whether you want to play teams over two legs the likes of City are a lot more difficult over two legs than they are in a one-off yeah. do you know what I mean I just think um, you, you talk about you talk about Bayern and you, or, you know Juve looking old Bayern to me look a disjointed team um, and I think we have well enough to deal with them and I don't think they, they have yeah, they have, but they've kind of been rejuvenated by Hankies coming back. Yeah. So I think they're a yeah, bit, we're a bit dangerous. A, I think we're just a team to, to knock that Hankies thing on the head. Um, genuinely. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. You know. But but the, the thing is, it's as far as I can remember, I think it's the most open Champions League there is. I, I can't think of clear, clear favourites. I mean, everyone had PSG, I suppose, as clear favourites until Real Madrid dismantled him well it wasn't really a dismantle the, the scoreline does flatter Madrid it wasn't a 3-1 to Madrid type game City right and then everyone talks about City being this supreme footballing uh, gods but you know we know what we done to them a few weeks ago so there's no one that I don't think uh, you know is clear clear favourites lads for this Champions League I think it's I think it's really really open Barcelona coming back to form a little bit I think they'll smash Chelsea I think you're you're saying it's a bit on the 50-50. I think Barcelona come through there. But, listen, fingers crossed. I know Matt's booked his ticket, uh, hotel in Kiev. But I think yeah. a lot of people may be looking into that. You know that? Yeah, ten, Stephen Kingsley says they're 10-1 to 1 for us to win the Champions League. is an insult. Um, I don't know. I don't know what sort of odds. I, considering the teams are left in it. But look, I'll go... Look, I'll go. I'm going to stick with Bayern. Um, I don't, you know, another lad there says Munich are 19 points clear in Germany. Munich are always fucking 19 points clear. It's a poor league. It's a poor league. Yeah, um, from us, if we don't win it, call our winners. Who's going to win the Champions League? If, us. No, apart from us, Ian. Uh, us. Yeah, he's having, he's having none. Gav? Um, I'm, not, I'm not playing that game, us. We're winning it. If we don't <laughs> win it, I'll play our game. If we don't win it, um, I think City win. Yeah, City, are City are the best team in it, but they've got no experience of winning it, and I think that counts a lot in the last round, in the later rounds. Mm. It can. I don't know. I think this is. It has all the smellings of a uh, City's destiny to win it kind of thing. You look at all the other teams, other big teams. They've all won the Champions League in their history. I think the added impetus that they haven't won it could be a defining factor this season. The only thing is, if they come across boring at Barca. That used to be managed by Guardiola. They may have an issue. That's the only thing I think. Um, but I don't think they will come across Bayern because we're, we're going to get them and beat them. That's what I mean. I fancy us to beat City in the final, but not. I, I wouldn't fancy us as much in a two-legged fixture. Like, see, I'm the opposite, Ian. I th- I, yeah. I th- yeah, we wouldn't. We wouldn't go there and fucking get thrashed like we did because that was just the, the money incident. I think we can play them at their game at their ground. I tell you why, because we know Pep's way of playing won't change. Even though we thrashed him, he will not change his philosophy. He will believe that his players have improved since the Anfield debacle. He would mm-hmm. show the, he would want to show the world, watch, we can do it. He's that kind of manager. It, right. would, it, would, it, would, it, would, it would be me, me, me and drink for us. Does that make sense? Me and drink. 
You know what I mean? It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, meat and drink. It'd be, yeah, food and drink. But, you know, after my lunch, as you guys saw, meat's on my mind. Yeah, yeah. You, if anyone hasn't seen Grizz's picture of his lunch, let me tell you what happened. Grizz decided he was having lasagna and didn't know whether to have mashed potatoes or chips with it. Um, he, he asked for, he nearly done a survey on a WhatsApp group. Um, and then when we all answered, he decided that he didn't want any of it. And he went and he ate half of the Middle East and it genuinely looked at the food. It looks like he's having his dinner off the fucking charity shield. Genuinely. So, um, listen, we're going to move on. And the next topic we have, jeez, we're, we're fucking flying here. Like we're about 50 minutes in. Um, but the next topic I have here in front of me is the league finish in the season. Um, at the moment, we're toward two points behind United. Um, sit your way and gone, so forget that. But we're toward in the league. We're on a good run. Um, despite the Swansea issue we had a couple of weeks back, we're still going on. We're still turning over. I think we're exactly at two points a game at the moment. I think we're bang on that at the minute. Um, but just to let you know, lads, this is the fixtures left for the season, okay? So you have West Ham at home, Newcastle at home. Um, you then have Porto at home because of the Champions League, okay? You have United away, Watford at home, Palace away, Everton away, Bournemouth at home, West Brom away, Stoke at home, Chelsea away, Brighton at home, okay? Now, just to let you know that between the Palace and Everton games will be the quarterfinals of the Champions League and the following week then between Everton and Bournemouth will be the quarterfinals. The semi-final um, will be between the West Bram, sorry, the West Bram and Stoke game and the Stoke and Chelsea game. So you probably end up playing twice, you know, twice a week for nearly three or four weeks. But looking at the fixtures that we have left, lads, I think I've seen something today where um, we only play two of the top six in the last whatever that is, in the eleven games or so. Um, I just want to know where you think we finish. Judging now the way the squad is, you know, we're nearly fully fit. Klein comes back now; he's fully fit. Not fully fit, but he's in training. So we've nearly a fully fit squad to choose from. But I just want to know, and um, we're not going to go into massive detail about it, but I just want to know where you think we will finish come the end of the season with those fixtures left. Also thinking definitely quarter-final of the Champions League, possibly semi-final as well. So if it is a semi-final, you're looking at three or four weeks where we are going to be playing twice a week. Keith, I'll come to you first. Where do you reckon we finish in the league with those fixtures and Definite quarterfinal and possible semi-final and final. I, I think, irrespective of our uh, how far we advance in the Champions League, I think we'll we're good quality for third. I reckon I'll take that back. Actually, I reckon third if we get knocked out of the Champions League quarterfinals. Um, I think fourth if we kind of go all the way, if you will. I reckon we can we can we've got enough in the in the squad to be able to balance. We've proven we've come through the the Christmas period largely unscathed, which is bloody shocking. I don't know what the comparison is between our injury rates over the last few seasons and now, but it seems that we're picking up a lot less injuries to big players and there's a lot less niggles. So, you know, the players look fresh, they look fit. I reckon they can handle two get two games two games a week. Um I feel, we, I feel, I'm just convinced, again, call me a super fan, but I am absolutely convinced, right, that we are the the main challengers to Manchester City. In a 90-minute game of football, I believe that we are just as good and we've proven that we're better than Manchester City. Our biggest problem, and I think most, I think it's City's biggest problem, I believe is every single team in the Champions League's biggest problem is Manchester United. Jose Mourinho is the undisputed lord, 
evil master six 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 rapture on his head, wherever you want to call it, because that man knows how to win when it matters. And yeah, Man United went on a bit of a slump the last couple of weeks, but I reckon they're going to be the ones to watch. If we beat them at Old Trafford, then then the sky's the limit. Okay. That I think is a definitive game. Grace, I'm gonna to come to you next, um, and I want you to stay true to form. I want you to talk to three about for about three to four minutes on this because I need to go off and do something, and I'll be back here. Um, so, what I'm gonna to say to you is, um, look at those fixtures, take into consideration quarterfinal of the Champions League, possible semi-final and final. Two games against the top six out of the last what is that? One, two, three. It's about eleven mm. games somewhere in the region of that. Where do you think we will come? Um, the league at the end of the season. Well, looking at those fixtures, I was looking at earlier as well. Um, in those in those six home game fixtures, I can't really see us. See, the thing is, our problem, as Keith, you've mentioned that the, uh, the problem is Man United in the, in the lurking in the background. I think those fixtures are not I, in a normal scenario for a top club. I think our fixtures are ideal, mm. but we're not. We're not that. We know we struggle against shit opposition, and we play a lot of the bottom teams. Now, hopefully, we've rectified that problem. And yes, we have this, you know, this um, smashing down the park bus type scenario. Hopefully, we do that. But out of those, out of those, out of those difficult fixtures, the really ones that stand out are the away to Everton, if you call that a difficult fixture. But with with Fat Sam being there, we know that could be a tricky one. Away to United and away to Chelsea. Yeah, is the Chelsea one the last second last game of the second season? Second last game of the season. Yeah, you would have, if 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 we got to a Champions League semi final. I think will go, the fixtures will go West Brom away, Champions League semi final. Stoke at home, Champions League semi final. Yeah. Chelsea away, Brighton at home. Genuinely, genuinely, I think top four will be wrapped up by the the penultimate game. So mm. that that doesn't count as a difficult fixture. I think that'd be a free hit. Yeah, I think that'd be a free hit for us, Chelsea away. You say that now, and it'll be like the, the winner takes all. No, no, no. I think I genuinely think I genuinely think our six home games are very winnable, very winnable. But we know there's always one, one that so sort of upsets the apple cart in there. There won't be more than one that upsets the apple cart. I think we'll have enough to get top four. Again, I think he's done amazing job rotation wise to keep us fresh. Uh, over this Christmas period, everyone was sort of... He got a lot of criticism, and I think it was fair last season over the Christmas and January period, where we picked up a lot of injuries, but apparently it was a lot A lot of it was down to sort of people playing on the on the in the red zone, so to speak, when sort of injuries are more likely. I think he's done a fantastic credit. Not enough credit's been given to Klopp about that aspect, about how he's handled the Christmas and New Year's schedules, fixtures, the rotation, We, you know every week sort of rotating people were saying why is he rotating so much the amount of players he's rotating but it's it's paid dividends i think we look the most freshest team the best form team even 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 better than city we look at the moment in my opinion we look fit we look hungry it's there the the foundation is there to have an absolute brilliant ending to the season fingers fingers toes you name it everything across that we don't pick up any injuries with our with our main three strikers, exactly. But if they remain fit and injuries for the rest of the season, I think everything's there to have a brilliant ending to the season. Okay, thank God you stopped there because I thought Ian was going into a coma. Um, 
I tried my best to make him you could make him put in the car. Look, I said to you half a three or four minutes, I'll be back. I'm I didn't know. Oh, you're back. Oh, you're back. <laughs> yeah, no, this isn't a car about It's not a fucking mirage. You know what I mean? We struggle um, to see you. <laughs> it's great to see you, Chris. Listen, um, Ian, um, if you can say it in less than 25,000 words, it'd be great. Um, where do you think we'll finish in the league this season, considering everything that's ahead of us? Second. See the way he does that? He just says second. He doesn't give a fuck out of that. He's not there. Do, 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 do you want a brief, a, a brief explanation? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because even though we may go deep in the Champions League, all the other sides around us are still in the Champions League and we're out the FA Cup. They've all got to play at least one more fixture in the FA Cup. We don't. And Spurs being one of them. Spurs being one of them. They drew, they drew two two to Rochdale. <laughs> so they've they've got replays and another fixture on top of that. And the fixtures, our fixtures are sound, but the fixtures of the other sides, they're all playing each other around us, second place. Okay, yeah, I think United have four. And Chelsea play play the top six four of the you know, four games against the top six in the last eleven or twelve, whatever it is. Um for me uh, looking at the fixtures that are there, it's the likes of West Ham and Newcastle at home, uh, Palace away, Everton away, West Brom away. Fucking terrifies me. Um, for I don't know reason. Chelsea away, United away. Don't don't don't. They don't worry me because I think them teams have it on them that they have to come and play us, and I think that's when we're at our best. For me, if we go deep in the Champions League, and I mean semi final, um, second. If we if we go out, sorry, third. If we go out in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, I think second. I think we have enough of a break between games. Having said that, to counteract my own argument, I think when we're playing games every three to four days, we're better. I think when we have seven or eight days off, we're worse. And this is where when we're doing warm weather training and we haven't played for whatever it'll be, it'll be ten days without a game. And um, by the time we play West Ham uh, this coming Saturday at three o'clock, we'd be ten days without a game and. Klopp says it so much about you know um, being in a rhythm and stuff. That's what worries me. West Ham at home, if we're at the plane on the Wednesday night, I'm happy with. West Ham after 10 days rest, I'm not, but that's just the way I am. Um, but second or third, no lower than that. Um, lads, I want to move on quickly. Um, a lot of people have been on here saying any updates on transfers, this, that, and the other. Um, look, we'll go into it quickly, right? Keith, um, one player that's come up and somebody mentioned him here earlier, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you first, is Leon Bailey. Apparently he's moving to England in the summer. That's the rumour going around. I don't know who he is. I don't know who he fucking is, right? He's none of my business, alright? I thought Mussolini played at the back for Juventus, so like you know. <laughs> really um, but let's just I'll put it to you, Leon Bailey is one, so you can probably have an opinion on him because I know uh, he plays for Leverkusen, doesn't he? He plays in Germany. Um so and I know you three. Well, I know Grace and Ian do watch German football. Keith, you may do the same. But Leon Bailey, let's have a chat about him. And secondly, this short and transfer window, I think it's going to be a hindrance to a lot of clubs in England. I really, really do. And uh, but I want to see what you think of it because I think it starts now in May. Is it? Is it May the ninth starts and it finishes on August the ninth somewhere around there? So I think it might be a hindrance. Let's have a look. Keith, but, go for it. Is the is this new rule for English clubs only? I thought yes. it was a FIFA rule. Yeah. No, oh, for English clubs only. The, the, away, the window opens until the 31st of August, but the Premier mm. League have decided that the window will close before the first game of the season next season. And I think it's August the 9th. So I think you have two months. 
you know, and the worry I have for it is, is that I think the World Cup will end on around July 13th, it usually is. So you're leaving yourself less than a month to do any deals. And you know how the fucking World Cup affects transfers because <coughs> people want to get values up before they sell anyone. Mm. But Keith, Leon Bailey, do you know what about him? Uh, secondly, the shortened window, what do you reckon? I mean, I've, I'm not, I mean, I've seen, I don't watch German football, so it's not really my bag. Um, I'd leave it to the uh, grand experts of uh, Red Mysterio and Grizz to give you a more in-depth insight, as they are ITK. Um, but what I will say is that um, I don't think it's necessarily a position that should be of the utmost importance at the moment. I think ever replacing Emre Chan is of the utmost importance, as he will be gone. Naby Keita's coming in to solve a situation that we created for ourselves when we got rid of Coutinho, because there's no link between the attack and, and midfield. So um, that's a good, that will be a good start. We've already got that in the bag. Um, in terms of the window itself, I think it's a fantastic way for Premier League clubs to continue to drive the market further by having this limited amount of time to buy a finite resource, which is quality players on the market. I think it will help European clubs put extortion price up. I think it will help Premier League clubs put high prices up on players if they want to buy them after the windows have closed because ultimately it's a great excuse. Oh, do you want to buy my player Coutinho now after the windows close and yours is still open? We'll pay us X, X amount more. Um, so I think the, a lot of people's bank accounts will be looking great. A lot of agents. I, I think it's a ridiculous decision. How the Premier League went on its own to make this decision without consulting with the rest of the Euro, Euro, um, European clubs to come to a consensus is ludicrous because it's going to leave a lot of play. It's going to leave a lot of teams open to having their players snag from them right at the last gasp. What if Salah, you know? starts the season and, 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 and something happens where, you know, all of a sudden he not decides... Salah, to... Not Salah, okay. else, not Salah. Anyone else, No, hypothetically speaking, a player like him was to decide that, you know, I've changed my mind and I like to go and leave Liverpool stuck in the lurch. Like, these situations are going to happen. It's not an if, buts and maybe. People are out in this game for... The... A lot of players are out in this game for themselves. They're not going to care about what club position, the position the club's in if, a, if at the last minute a team from Europe comes to try and get brag the them so ridiculous decision absolutely ridiculous it's, it's, um, just a quick question I don't know if anyone knows this I've just seen a pop up here and apologies because I don't I don't realise I didn't read the name of the person that said it apparently this window it, it's restricted to August the 9th I think was what I heard but it's only for players coming in so is, does that mean ridiculous. between August the 9th and yeah. August the 24th well it has to only be it has to only be for players coming in because windows in Spain and Italy are still open. Right. So okay. we can still we can still sell players. So it's which is what keeps saying, which yeah. means it'll fuck us up. Yeah. It could fuck us up. Like yeah, yeah. people people could still pick up pick up your best players or any players. You yeah. got you got about a month. It will be pure madness. Sort of speculation will go mad in that last. What is it? Twenty days or something mm. where other clubs can just pick off any of your players. Well. A lot of a lot of people here, Grizz, are saying that we, we, you know, you'll see a lot of pre World Cup deals being done. I don't know. I don't know how 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 real that that feeling I, I is was, because I was just because you know if you go back to January and people are saying, oh, you know, we should have done something with the Coutinho money because the World Cup's coming and it only throws up, you know, the, the values only get go up and up if the player has a good World Cup. What's the sloppy team in Europe saying? Well, look, we're not selling them. If he has a good World Cup, he's worth an extra thirty million. And then when the World Cup ends and you come back with the extra thirty million, you go, "Well, it's another twenty million on top of that because you only have four weeks to fucking do the deal." I'm asking that question, Chris. Yeah, that's the. Oh, okay. 
Well, you've talked yeah. about everything fucking else, so you might as well. No, no, it's it's going to be madness. As as Keith says, it's going to be a lot of agents playing this stupid games. It's going to be a lot of. Um, ter- I think it's going to cause turmoil at clubs and players. Uh, it, it, the fact of the matter is, most clubs will want to get, like you said, pre World Cup deals in place. I think we will. I think the fact, in my opinion, the fact that Klopp didn't go out in January and sort of spend the Coutinho money, um, I think he's confident as a, as, as, a, as, a, as a coach talking to certain players and maybe the club are confident of getting a couple of pre-World Cup deals in place because otherwise it will be, as you said, carnage. People will demand extra 20, 30 million, whatever, just based on the World Cup. It will be very difficult you know, to prize players away. Um, we already know that there is, we, are, we have certain budgets, like sort of with the Allison news this week, for example, you know, his club turning around saying he's worth X, X amount and we're saying, okay, well, that's not what we're, you know, we don't rate him as high as that. As, uh, sorry, in terms of monetary value, we don't rate him as 60 million. So there's going to be a lot of that. I think, I think, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I think we try to get, and we will get to the, to the two, three players that clock has his mind set on, I think we're going to try to get them early before all the rush and hoo-ha of the World Cup. But let's see how it goes. I mean, there's, you know, there's the usual rumours. Your original question about Leon Bailey, fantastic talent. Young, uh, quick, um, left-footed, not our priority, as Keith says. 100 million? Fuck off. Not a chance worth 100 million. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what he's been quoted. Hundred million. Ian, not, I mean, when, some, you said, some, when, you, when you said a hundred million, there, Ian's, Ian's always shot up to the screen, and the fucking the amount of offence he's taken to that is unbelievable. It's ridiculous. I'm with him. I'm with him. This way. I'm with. It's absolutely. Look at the screen as if to say you fucking say that again, and I fucking. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's fantastic. He's fantastic potential and everything, right? And he's in his but the, the the prices that are quoted at the moment for him is ridiculous and um, I can't see anyone going near him at that price um, but if, if that was one of the questions put to you Leon Bailey I can't see him I can't see us going for him not even remotely linked with him in my opinion we wouldn't yeah, no, go near it him was, it was just a name I've seen earlier Ian oh um, okay oh, I forgot what, the, what was the original question Ian what, was, what were we talking about uh, about Leon Bailey yeah and then about the, oh, the transfer the, window yeah so uh, in your opinion um this transfer window does it does it help? Does it hinder English clubs? And I suppose I'll put it this way: Does it help or hinder them? And do you have confidence that if we have this eight-week period, which is probably going to be shaving down to about four, because if you take the World Cup over, do you have confidence that Liverpool have gone and have deals in place pre World Cup? Uh, I think it hinders because it's not it's not the same across Europe. So some teams have got longer to get the business done. Uh, I think the one thing in our favour is that we didn't spend the, spend the Coutinho money, so I reckon Klopp will have ordered the mark that we want to spend this money on a, a window before everyone else. If you're if you're one of these managers that thinks I need a left winger or can has got like seven or eight names on a list, that might be a bit troublesome because then those teams can hike up the prices. But if you're someone like Klopp and you've got your eye on a certain player, I would hope he'd have it in place before the World Cup anyway. Do you know what I mean? But uh, I, I don't know, mate. It, when, it, when is the bubble going to burst? When are the prices going to come down? I don't know if they're just going to keep going fucking madder and madder. But as for Leon Bailey, 
I haven't seen anywhere near 100 million. I saw 50, 60 million. He was quoted. Uh, in my opinion, he's the best young wide forward in world football at this season. Who's available? It's a big show. Um, oh he's God. absolutely rapid. Yeah, when I heard... Uh, and Leverkusen sell as well. Yeah, they will because you know they're not they're not the richest club around, and, and I suppose 50, 60, 70 million, and, and they're definitely taking it off you. Um, I sorry, and I I think we are a wide forward short. We've got no cover. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are other priorities. We need a keeper. We need another midfielder. Probably another centre half. Of course, but Klopp loves his wide forwards, doesn't he? So, no, he does. Yeah. But what I meant, Come what on. I meant was that I don't think we'll spend sixty million plus on a uh, on a on a squad winger. I mean, no, I know he can be a squad winger. I think he's got potential to be better than Salah, uh, not Salah, Mane. And I think Salah will eventually leave. And if he leaves, and you've already got his replacement in the squad, job mm. done. Yeah, um, there's a couple. There's a couple of people there have said that the money is not going anywhere. And um, Sky have paid three point five billion for some rights recently. You know, um, and a few people there have said David Neres, which is the lad that fell from the truck yeah, is big enough. Um, he's at Ajax. Yeah, Ajax, and he basically says he's was it a young wide player that looks like fucking Suarez, plays like Suarez. Um, you know, if he's anything to do with Suarez, he's anywhere near him. You know, you're happy out to watch him. Um, but look, we can all sit around all fucking day and, and decide who we're going for, who we're not. I think, forget the players for the minute, I think the plan is the more important thing at the minute. The plan to have these players lined up and when this window opens on May the 9th or whatever date it is, that we have plans in place to go and do our business and do it quickly. If it goes on and the World Cup ends and we're still being linked in papers with fucking different players, that's when you need to really start getting worried. And especially if Grizz starts telling you that a 14 bid has gone in for a player, really get fucking worried. Get in. Get into some underground bunker. Get yourself loads of cans of fucking beans, lash them all in the charity shield and stick them on a fucking hob if Grizz tells you that there's been a 14 bid for a player. Grizz, you know I agree. Ian, or you know, I know you agree with me. Ian, what are you going to say? Uh, the, the lads who were saying there that the money's not going anywhere. It's probably not, not for a long time, but this is the first deal that Sky have done where it's actually gone down from the previous deal. It's just mm. dropped 200, between 200 and 250 million. It's gone down. So that could be the first sign of it actually peaking, do you know what I mean, and coming back down the other side. Could be, you, you don't know what they're getting for that. And there was all the talk of, was it Amazon and Facebook and all sorts were in for this? Yeah, the, the look, there's a there's a 20 game package available apparently. Mm. That's how yeah. they start doing it. Yeah. But it's the first, but Sky have got six more games for 230, 240 million pound less. Yeah. So that could be the first sign. And sorry, there's somebody there uh, at SW at STWL underscore two five zero zero. Can you change just the name? Bob. Just give me just a call him Bob. Just yeah. Mick Mick says um that um I don't even know what he fucking said, it's gone off the screen. It took me that long time <laughs> to read his fucking name. Um but Gav, just sorry, he did say there's two more deals to be sold, so you'll see what happens then. Um lads, I have to move because we're literally miles over but listen the last topic um, and it's a random topic because we're going back to these these are going to stay every week they're going to stay um, because we have great fun doing them and the topic is have you been ever been in a situation where you've seen or overheard something that has nothing to do with you you just happen to be there um, and what's the funniest one you've been involved in you, you know you're there it's happened you've, over, you've overseen or overheard something that you have nothing to do with, but it's, it's happened in front of you. Um, Keith looks like he's thinking. 
Um, so yeah. I'm going to go to Ian first. Ian, what have you got for me? Uh, a few years ago, when my daughter was about three or four, so she could talk, but you know the way they mispronounce words all the time and mm-hmm. they just say funny shit. And uh, we were in Toys R Us, uh, obviously just spending all my wages on it and stuff. And we were in, we were in this aisle, stood there. <laughs> Sorry, I know this story. Wait for this. Have I already told you this? You've told me this privately, yeah. <laughs> and this, this fella walked, now I'm a big lad, I'm 6'2", 20 odd stone, big, you know what I mean? I don't scare easy. Mm-hmm. This fella walked onto our aisle and he looked like, Shadow off the gladiator's big brother. He was about six foot eight. He had muscles on his head. Do you know what I mean? He was just the biggest fella I've ever seen. And like proper, proper dark skinned black fella. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Just walking around, just walking past. And just as he walked past, just as he walked past, <laughs> my little girl turned around and said, Daddy, look at the size of this igger. Right? The colour drained out of my body completely. Drained. My arse twitched. The fella turned round in... Like, he was going to end my entire lineage, do you know what I mean? And do us all. And when he turned round, Madison, my daughter, was pointing at this big, giant, yellow Tonka truck with a digger out on the side. (laughs) And I... I'm not joking. (laughs) To this day, I I can't look at a yellow digger without shit in my absolute pants the fella the fella burst out laughing burst like proper even his laugh was terrifying and then he walked off and about 25 minutes later when I figured out how to walk again I see I seen him at the checkout and he just like give me the thumbs up and burst out laughing again and I was like fuck it's absolutely terrifying, honestly. Okay. You've we should have ended with that. You've, we no, should have no, ended yeah. that with that story. <laughs> you've recovered that really well. Um, terrifying. You know, I literally, no. I literally had the solicitor's number on speed dial as you were telling that. Um, Grey's a couple of next. No, we got, we, we got, we, we, look, it's only fair to end that after that because none of us are on that. Yeah, I'll end it on that. Keith, have you got anything that can top that? I can't be that. No, you can't be that. I mean, I mean, he has told us before and honest to God, I thought, He's, he's, at some point, he's got to tone this down. I was, I was, I was sitting back. You know, I've sat back and I said, he's got to tone it yeah. down. He's got, oh. and he's done, he's done brilliantly. He's done it brilliantly. It's no, absolutely true, true story. Do you know what? I think um, for all because <laughs> I, I, I have got one, but it's not really even close to that. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, that's been the fatback for. We've gone on for about I don't know. We're here about two and a half days, I think. Um, hopefully, Mussolini plays centre half for Spurs. Next, or against oh, no. next week. I reckon if he does, I think, um, I think he won't give nothing away. He won't if give he does, he won't give nothing away. And there'll be nothing down that right wing. Um, but um, yeah, look, it's been a really good one. Keith, Grace, Ian, thanks a million. I've been your host, Gav. We'll talk to you next week. Um, keep an eye out. We might have a little um, best bits compilation coming out for you in the next little while. You are not putting that out. Oh, yeah, I'm fucking sure I am. And um, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Over now. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying.
The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Sports Social Podcast Network.